tonight, we are joined by the Carolyn Gentry Coleman, the Let It Go coach herself. So let's give her a nice, warm welcome as we bring her up. How you doing today? I mean, tonight, Gentry. Hey, Jackie. Um, some of it cut out. I'm doing well. I hope you are. I've been busy being doing some nursing today, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. Can you give somebody? Can you give the listeners, not somebody, because they might listen, Linda, listeners, um, some insight about your background, what it is you do. Um, and what we are here to talk about today while I'm kicking it with you. Well, um, my background, my background. Um, I'm a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister. I'm probably the best cousin and friend anyone could ever have, okay? Um, <laughs> professionally, I am a, I'm a registered nurse and have been for over 36 years so i have enjoyed the journey um i laugh because now it doesn't seem like it was a journey but you know there were some tough moments especially you know in college getting started doing your thing but it, it becomes kind of like clockwork you know once you know what to do you do it uh, i'm a huge advocate for my patients um my prayer every day going to work was to be alert to my patient's need to basically um, not overlook any sign or symptoms that they may have that needed attention. So um, that was my prayer every morning, every day I went to work, no matter what time I went, because I didn't want to be the one who overlooked something that could cause someone some harm or cause them to have a setback. So um, my patients were truly a priority, no matter what I had going on in my life. Personally, I left that in the car. I left it in the car because they deserved the best of me. So I just gave them that. Um, you know, I've turned author. And um, that has been rewarding. It has been cathartic. It has been very, very refreshing to me as well. I have I ran for political office, local political office, twice, lost both times, but not to fear. You learn a lot. You learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about local politics, and um, you can't you, you just run a clean campaign. That's just my suggestion for anyone. Just run a clean campaign, but you have to have a heart for people uh, to do this. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, you have to be dirty. No, you don't. If that's not who you are, why would you change for that? It's, it's not worth it. You know, win or lose, it's not worth it. You know, because I can still hold my head up high. I can still fist bump my opponent when he wants me to do it from time to time. And it's, it wasn't personal. It was just some things that I saw that I thought needed to be addressed. Um, so um, I did that. I had a lot of family support. I mean, family from all over the United States was sending me money. I'm like, yeah, I must really believe in your girl, you know, and I enjoyed that part of it because that encouraged me to do the more. Does that make sense? 
Um, Makes perfect sense. When you have a yeah, great yeah. support system behind you, um, mm -hmm. and, and even though, you know, it's good, you know, you believe in yourself and God believes in you. But when God works through people to believe in you and to believe in, you know, whatever it is that your vision is that you want to do, you 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 value that or you're supposed to value that more and it makes you want to do more and you we should appreciate people like that so i, I definitely understand mm -hmm. you know so it, it was a good run it, i had so much support i mean people were calling me up to volunteer and i'm like for real though you know <laughs> I was like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I don't know if I call anybody up and said, I'll walk with you. I'll knock on some doors. But now that I know what it takes to get it done, well, of course, I, I, you know, I'll volunteer for somebody that I believe in. And uh, I'll make some phone calls. You know, I'll help do the phone bank or whatever they need because I see how important it is. It's one thing to be an informed voter, you know, nationally, you know, when we're doing um, the uh, the president when we're doing um, our other elected officials across the country. Sure, you need to be an informed. I've always been moderately informed about um, what I was going to do, which way I was going to vote with that. And I just encourage people to continue to do that. Don't don't vote like other people vote. You vote your conviction or who you think will help you, who you think is the best person for the job. It doesn't have to be personal. It may be a, a stranger, but don't vote for, for, you vote your conviction. I'll just leave it at that. Vote your conviction. Um, because some people, they'll come up to you, uh, you know, I don't like him. Well, that ain't got nothing to do with me, is it? I mean, does, does that have anything to do with me? <laughs> I don't want to hear that negativity. And I just smile and just walk off as soon as I can because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, that's not helping me make a better decision. It's just not. Um, I don't care what your personal relationship. Y'all might have um, fell out over a social club thing. You know what I'm saying? I, don't, don't do that. Don't, 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 yeah, don't I totally it. understand. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand. Don't, don't. don't make your problem my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, take, did you take what you learned with that and, and use that for your writing journey? Well... To a degree, I did. Um, I went to work one day, and um, this one of the nurses, I'm now a published author, so I am high-fiving her and saying kudos to you. I'm so happy for you. And Cassie was like, I was like, how did you get started? Oh, I just, I love to write, you know, but I just really took out the time to get it done. I said, I am so proud of you because that's something I've always wanted to do. And just a little sidebar, some days I'd be at work and I said, I'm going to write about this one day, guys. Who wants a chapter in my book? Because people will never believe what we go through. And I've said it in various settings. Uh, on various times of my nursing career because truth truth is stranger than fiction and they would laugh they would be like I'm gonna help you I said oh I know you will because you probably have as many stories as I do I said we'll just change the names to protect the innocent and we would laugh it off but I was telling Cassie I was like I've always wanted to write I just haven't figured out the time frame and she was like right miss carolyn right and so she told me how she got started and i decided during that campaigning it was time to write 
because I needed a way to de-stress at the end of a day, at the end of a day of campaigning, and it needed to be healthy. Um, and so I started writing, and I was like, and, and the first book I wrote was Happiness, Hurt, and Healing, but I kept losing it because I kept forgetting my title because the title I wanted was soaking in the tub and just relaxing. And, um, you know, then I went, oh, let's put a little rom-com in here. So I started writing and it's like I could not stop. But at the end of um, that period of writing for that evening, I just felt so relieved. And I was like, like, okay, okay. okay. this is like God. Let me get this done. Mm -hmm. God came in and finished it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. God came in and finished it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? (laughs) He said he would. Stopping my shine. They try to break me, try to take me out, but I got Jesus on my side. So bad I thought it would die. But ain't no power stronger than the one that came to lay down his life. And I got mountains to climb. But the enemy can't stop me, cause there's a calling on my life. So when I'm crying, don't last too long.
Yes, won't he do it? Won't he do it, Carolyn? Yes, he <laughs> will. will. And, 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 and I was listening to that. I love that. And, uh, you know, what the enemy plans for your downfall, you know, you'd be like, uh, today I was like, man, because the reason I got on the political thing, I came home one day after being at the, at the Y and uh, the Lord said, ruin. I said, ruin? Because <laughs> we were talking about politics at the Y. And I was like, oh, okay then. I said, all right, that ain't me. I said, Lord, you know, I'm a nurse. I don't run for politics. And, um, I got up and I just started walking around my bedroom and I was like, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I said, my Lord, <laughs> you want me to do this? I got to do it because you told me. So I started calling different people and um, my mom was the first person I called. She didn't answer. So I'm like, okay. So I called a friend of mine, my best friend. And she was like, oh yeah, girl, go for it. I'm like, what? Then I called my brother. She was like, oh, that'd be perfect. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And I called a cousin. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy for you because, yeah, like, I got a, promoted, uh, a promotion. Uh, yes, dude. I was like, will somebody say no? Does anyone have the sense enough to say no to me? And no. And when I finally got my mom, she was like, oh, yeah, I think you can do that. Go ahead. And I'm like, what is wrong? I said, okay, Lord, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going wrong. I said, but you truly got to show me. I don't know what I'm doing. And so, um, like I said, people came in and helped and so i gave it a better run the second time and uh and they took notice the first time but they definitely took notice the second time and i'm when i said they i'm talking about the community and uh and you run into opposition but like i said i walk off you know talk to the hand i don't have time for this and one of my nieces was like whatever day you ready i'm ready and i'm like I'm ready now because I have to work when my volunteers are ready to work, you know. So it, it worked out, but I lost. And so after I licked my wounds and, you know, and got some rest, I slept for two days after the, uh, after the election. I slept for two days and I'm not a bed person. And um, so I was in the bed for two days because I was exhausted. And um, so about a week later, I said, okay, Lord, I got my sense about me now. All right, now I ran both times. I was obedient. I lost. Now I did what you told me to do. Now, okay. So he said, "I have a bigger platform for you," and I went, "Really? All right." I had no idea, no idea. So the book number one turned into number two. Adventure was not meant to be a series, mm -hmm. and uh, so I was selling um, book one and book two. And um, the second book is the re-entry of Gentry. And people would stop me. Why did you write about me? And I would just start laughing. And I was like, what, what do you mean? I can resonate so well with both these books. And I was like, oh, well, cool. That's good. That's what I need. You know, men, not so much, okay? Yeah. But the women were like, you left us hanging. We need some more from her. 
And that's why I left her hanging because I didn't know if I would pick her back up again and if she needed to do any more work. And they were like, Gentry has more work to do. And so I came up with the third one, Gentry's Journey. And um, so we were at a book fair and um, when uh, two of my friends were there and they were debating on what my fourth book should be about. And I'm like, well, they're very passionate about this. So let me step aside and let them tell me what to do. Okay. And, um, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> Look, I got to stop you. I'm sorry. Because, you know, I got to stop you, Gentry. So, okay. So that's what I wanted to get in. So as a let it go coach, right? You empower women and you promote self-care. So how did you incorporate your books into your coaching? to enhance the healing process and promote self-discovery? Um, in the book, you know, and it is fiction, but I am a people watcher, okay? If I go to a game or something that's local, if you're not keeping my attention 100%, I'm going to start perusing the room and I'll be basically interpreting someone else's conversation. And I interpret it my way. And um, there's a section, and I can't remember which book, where this couple is arguing publicly, and that bothers me to the core. And um, because um, a man and wife, should, um, man and wife, or husband and wife, or uh, boyfriend girlfriend, they should not be in the street arguing publicly. Somebody needs to chill it out. You know, somebody needs to have sense enough to be quiet. And um, so I, I made up a whole thing about that, how it started. And he was mad and said, now nobody will speak to me. And I was like, well, you started, you know, you you out in the street just fussing like, you you know, you talking to the lamp pole or something. Not the so she was like, you know, just trying to ignore him because that's an embarrassing moment to me. And I just don't think you should put your your spouse, your man, your woman out on blast like that mm -hmm. in a public arena. I just don't believe in it. And so um, I was like, what you need to do, so this is the empowerment piece, get in the car, get behind the steering wheel and leave it. You know, let's yes. figure out how to get back home. You know, you don't, you don't just take that. You you just no. take it. I'm, and you I'm don't need to be word for word. Go ahead, sweetie. When you, when you do that, right? When you mm -hmm. when you put your, your spouse on blast, that's that's almost like talk show stuff, right? Like it is. It is. You yeah. Right, and you know, and we don't do talk show. Sh mm mm. Between your ex 
started showering alone And someone used my Chanel perfume Since this morning when I left home You're tiptoeing in the bedroom Why you thinking I'm a sweet? If I catch your ass in one more lie I'll be telling you to leave No, that's not Yeah, I took you back with that one, didn't I, Gentry? <laughs> he said, she said, girl. I guess if I'm making it up, if he says she think, okay? <laughs> girl, I know that's not my shade of lipstick right now. This song came out. I want to say like 96. Now, what am I seven years old knowing about talk shows? For, okay, that was my song. Let me tell you, my people did not play when it came to R&B, honey. And I was like, well, I got the R&B guru on the blind. I'm going to see how well she knows these gems. I, I know you know about Shay Jones. <laughs> she put it on, bitch. She put it on. Okay, so we get back to it. We get back to it. We get back to it, y'all. We get back to it. Okay. Okay. Now speaking of talk show stuff, right? You've written you've written books exploring life choices, right? And have contributed to best-selling anthologies with an yes. S. Okay. Mm -hmm. Talk your stuff. 
how has your nursing, your political um, career, and your books, how have they played a role in your writing process? And do you have any specific, you know, uh, songs or books or genres that has inspired you as an author? Well, politically, I have not written not one word about politics. Um, I don't really plan, especially local politics. I haven't written anything about politics, local or national, because um, I look to entertain and educate, okay? Um, the politics, to me, you need to know a little bit more about the game. I know superficially what the game entails. I don't know deeply what the game entails, but I don't want to, to be quite honest, I don't want to hurt anybody. That's not who I am and that's not what I'm writing about. I'm not writing a get back at you um, for, for what? Nobody's done anything to me. I mean, just because you don't care for me, it's not something because you don't know me. And that's fine. Um, but what I have learned is when um, these individuals uh, take a seat or position, they think it's theirs. It is really owned by the public. Um, you know, when you take constitution and governance, um, a lot of these positions, especially uh, council people's position, they're, part, they're part-time jobs. They're part-time jobs and they're temporary jobs because you have to be voted in and voted out. So you can't take this on as your bread, as your moneymaker, because it's a part-time job. Um, <clears throat> so I have not written anything. I don't plan on writing anything about that. Um, but when it comes to Gentry, <clears throat> Her friends, the circle of friends, that's the, the book that um, my two friends came up with that I needed to write about was how the friends met. And um, they met going into college. And, you know, some people drop out of college. Some people say it's not for them. Some wanted to start their own businesses. And Gentry is the one who said, well, I'm going to see it to the end because I've always wanted my college degree. But we supported each other in whichever decision they made. And you know, with life, your best decisions, you don't think about the hills and the valleys that you're going to go through. Um, you need that support. You need that encouragement. Even if you make a misstep, you know, your friends really, if they're your friends and if they're um, good support people, they're going to say, well, we all make mistakes. But you know how your friends, they're going to pull you out that hole. Then when they pull you up, you better be ready for that lashing. You know, they're going to say, <laughs> they're going to tell you about yourself. Now, what made you do that? Yeah, yes. They're going to tell you about it. But real true friends, you know, you know, you can always count on them, right? Yeah, they're going to put you back on your first. Then they're going to tell you about it. <laughs> yes. So they want you to feel good about yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm.
Okay, now you know that was my girl. Y'all know how I feel about Whitney. Y'all know she's the apple of my eye. Okay, I cannot do a show unless I play two people. That's Whitney Houston and Patricia Cox. And I really truly love Whitney and what she stood for as far as her music is concerned. And everything else, because, you know, we fall down. I'm not going to play this, y'all, but we fall down, but we get back up. And that, and that lady was the epitome to me of resilience and she was fighting them demons till she just couldn't fight them no more and i just truly respect that about her um but moving right along uh gentry are you there my love yes yes, yes i am yes i am okay so with your extensive experience in critical care nursing you have advocated for patients and focused on outcome management now, how do you believe that um, your books, your music um, that you, you play on your radio station that we're going to talk about in a minute can play a role in healing process for patients, especially the ones that are dealing with anxiety, stress, or chronic illnesses? Well, I tell them your mindset is half the battle. You've got, you to, want, you've got to want to get healed. Um, and it's not just, um, it, it's every aspect of healing. Um, I am by no means a professional in um, behavioral health, but you know they have to come through at some point in time because we have to get them medically stable before we can um, transition them to a more specialized unit for behavioral health. Um, so you can't avoid it. It's, it's a part of the assessment process. But for people who really want to get help or who want to be helped, you've got to play a part in your health care because I am um, a board member for an advocacy group and it's Charms Medi Health Foundation. That's a 501c3 organization and it's patient advocacy. Uh, and just teaching people about various disease processes and what the marginalized community needs to know, you know, the black and brown community. Um, we are disproportionately affected by so many disease processes and we advocate for ourselves the least. Um, we don't, we're not really hands-on. I uh, don't know if we are afraid to speak up for ourselves, listen thoroughly, and I always encourage people, take someone with you when you go to the doctor so they can help you hear what is being said. Um, advocate for yourself. If you don't ask questions, you'll never know kind of stay off Google. You know, Dr. Google is not the expert on this and it will confuse you the more, okay? Um, so we have to advocate for ourselves. And in nursing, you're always teaching. You're in a teaching role because you're teaching them about their disease process, but patients are people. As soon as they hear that they're going to be all right, everything that I have taught goes out the window once they get in that wheelchair 
and head out that door. You can see it on their face. They're not going to take their medications correctly anymore. They're not going to eat properly anymore. They're going to do what they want to do. And that is people. That is people. Uh, I'll work on that later, nurse. You know, I appreciate everything. And, I, you know, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, am, uh, I am guilty, honey. Look, I've had the best nurses. If, any, if you guys don't know a little bit uh, about me, um, I am surviving uh, thyroid cancer, lupus, fibromyalgia, and I hate pills. So I had to be on this levothyroxine because they took my thyroid out. And so I'm on this supplement for the rest of my life. And I hated it because I had all these other pills combating with that one. So they, I, I, I've been dealing with this thing for nine years now and they have yet to, uh, I've yet to go into remission. So I'm bouncing off the wall. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff dealing with me. But I just I just refused to take that medicine because I didn't like how the other medicine combined with that medicine and how it made me feel. So the nurses always say, girl, you need to start taking your medicine. I'll have different nurses. I would even have Carolyn like, girl, you need you just need to take it. And I'm like, yeah, I love you, Gentry. But, you know, I think to myself, girl, I ain't about to take that medicine. I ain't about to take that stuff. And then I ain't going to be able to get up. But luckily for me, I ended up. Um, my endocrinologist, uh, when I went to go see him the last time, he had a new thing out in this liquid form and it tastes like bubble gum. And I take that now and I'm a lot better. Um, but yeah, I'm one of those people. I am, um, Gentry, one of your, one of your, pa look, I'm one of your <laughs> patients. I'm, I'm one of those hard headed people. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, you're not the only one, that is for sure. But it, it's frustrating for healthcare providers. I've seen doctors frustrated. And some of it is beyond the patient's control. Don't get me wrong. If you have bad arteries, you just have bad arteries. And you're doing everything you're supposed to be, be doing to um, help alleviate any further deterioration. And you have people who are such brittle diabetics. They know what to do. They do what they're supposed to do. And they still end up back in the hospital, uh, either in a diabetic coma or, you know, they, they just go through it. And, you know, they have become blind because of their um, unstable diabetes. Those people you, you really empathize with because they're doing all the right things. It's just their body will not allow them to be who they're going to be, you know, be the best person that they're going to be, be the healthiest person they're going to be. But for, there are a lot of people who are attention seekers. There's some people come in who are just attention seekers. And you're like, I, I don't, don't have, have to do this. Yeah, and a lot of them, I've seen, I've seen people go in, honey, and don't nothing be wrong with them. Nothing. Nothing. Don't nothing. Look, yeah, all the, look, I am, <laughs> the last time I went into my, my my uh my blood pressure was very very low and uh, I had to end up going in and and staying a while and uh, the doctor had got so frustrated with this one lady because all her stuff came back normal and she was like y'all just trying to kick me out he was like yeah not only am I trying to kick you out you getting out and I <laughs> 
<laughs> he said, if, I, if you stay anywhere, you going to be in the asylum downstairs. Like, he was done with this lady. He was he was over it because he's like, it's, and they were trying to calm the doctor down at that point. He said, she's been here four hours. We need that bed. Like, at this point, we need the bed. There's people out there that need that bed. All her vitals are okay. All her labs are fine. Is nothing else we could do for we can't even give this lady an aspirin because there's nothing wrong with them. Like at this point, yeah, if you don't leave, we're going to have to call psych. What to call what they call here, they call it SAS, S-A-A-S, SAS. We have to call mm -hmm. SAS because nothing is physically wrong with you, but maybe it's a mental thing. You know, so True. she got her stuff together after that child. She said, well, uh, where my discharge papers at? <laughs> no, it's, it, sometimes it is a, a losing battle. And you'll be like, there's someone in the room next to you who is definitely ill and you're in here playing. Come on, you, you know, you and taking the time away from somebody who really, who really needs me. But no, you know what? Yeah. In those situations, it's like, I heard it all before. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Baby, uh -uh. let me explain to you I'm saying. What you saying? It's not even like that. It wasn't like that, but I saw you. Baby, I don't love her. You don't love me? She you know what? I don't even want to talk to you. She don't mean nothing to me. I don't want to see your face. She was just telling me. I just want to see you walking through that Baby, door. Baby, ain't nothing else to say. Why we got to do Peace. it like this? Baby, damn. Come home late. It seems you barely beat the sun. Tapping my shoulder. Thinking you gon' get you some Smelling like some fragrance that I don't even wear So if you want some loving, I suggest you go back there Where you came from Day to day with you is always something else Working my nerve, God knows that I don't deserve What you put me through, cause I've been so true to you for you to come at me with another lame excuse See, I heard it all before All of your lies, all of your sweet talk Baby this, baby that But your lies ain't working now Now, look who's hurting now look who's hurting I now. had to shut you down Just 
Miss Coleman, what you know about that gentry? <laughs> what you know about them lads ain't working now? Look who's hurting now. Girl, you know we done all caught somebody in one or two. <laughs> you be like, oh, for real though? Okay. All right. We got you. We got you. <laughs> yeah, look who's hurting now. I had to shut yeah. you down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a part of life, I think. I think that's just a, um, a level people have to go up, go down, step across. Because even in um, the hospitals, just because people are professionals and have these various titles, that don't mean that they don't have to call home and shut somebody down. <laughs> yes, we've, heard it. we've heard it, we've heard it. And we'd be like, ooh, tipping around, you know, like little mice, not trying to disturb them. Uh, because, you know, they are uh, getting somebody good and told over there. So, yes. uh, you know, it, it, it happens to us all. No one is immune. Okay. <laughs> yes. And even with that, we're dealing with um, elderly patients, right? They go through things. I remember us talking before about it, um, financial abuse of the elderly and how that's a major concerning issue. Um, so in your opinion, um, how can, you know, what you do in the community as far as like your community engagement help raise awareness and prevent uh, financial exploitation among the elderly population? 
And what can well, we I'm, do as well? Well, Jackie, I'm glad you brought that up. A friend of mine wanted me to do a talk at her church. And um, she said, it can be on anything you want. So I, I said, sure, I'll do it. And then I prayed about it. And I was like, I've done a couple of talks on other things. And God gave me um, financial abuse. Because I see a good bit of what I think is happening sometimes in the hospital uh you know you don't know the true story but it feels as though the patient is being financially abused um and it is to just teach is, um, just like i went into that setting um and taught about what's you know signs and symptoms uh, signs to look for when you feel as though a person is being financially abused especially the elderly um and there was an uh, i went to a, a seminar where an attorney was speaking and he said just when if a person's not managing their own money good and whether it's your child or whomever you trust what makes you think they're going to manage your money as well and that you know that just kind of uh open my eyes that's true and he said just because they're the oldest don't mean they're the wisest or they're the ones that you need to put on your account excuse me to um to do this and um some of the things that you see the person is not eating well um their clothes are tattered uh, people bring the patients in and they forget or they in their haste the sheets are threadbare you know and you're like they're gonna check every month they're, you know they're gonna check the sheet shouldn't be threadbare that you bring it in the pajamas shouldn't be threadbare you know these people need to be fed um they need to be protected you know so if we see any bruising or things of that nature you know we're reporting agents we have to report those type of things um we call it DHR down here, Department of Human, uh, Health and Human Resources. And um, when um, I worked in a certain role, I had them basically on speed dial, not just for my county, but any county. And um, they would say, well, when that patient is discharged home, give us a call. And they would take down all the information prior to. And rarely they would come up and visit with the patient while they were still in the hospital. But when they did that, they already had a relationship with them. So you would be surprised at the number of people that are in bankruptcy court on behalf of someone who's 90 years old. And you're like, people who are 90 years old don't get in debt. They don't get all these credit cards. Uh, so somebody is doing this, uh, making those applications for them to get that credit card and not paying it. And so that person's name is coming up into bankruptcy court. You're like, how does a 90-year-old get in this type of financial bind? And then they'll tell you, I don't know who did that because my dad is bed bound. You know, so you look over and you're like, well, maybe it was you. <laughs> who does that? Right. You know, who, who got all the information? Who, who knows the most about him to be able to do those things except for you or somebody in your family or somebody that you're close to. And that happens a lot. You see, it's happening with John Amos right now um, with his daughter and his son fighting over who going to have 
custody over him and his inheritance and you know everything that he has and he but po john amos he can't help himself he don't know who for him or who against him because both of his kids is on something you know and sure. not saying not saying you know drugs or anything like that what i mean by on something is that they are not um neither one of them in my in my opinion and i could say what i want to say because it's my show you know, so y'all can feel the type of way, put it in the chat or give it to the Lord. But either way, um, I feel like with John Amos's situation, his kids, both of them, in my opinion, are exploiting the situation and are exploiting him. And and I'm just on the outside looking in. I don't know what type of father he was. But from what I see and from what I've read, he was a great father. And instead of them coming together to do what they're supposed to do to help their dad, they're exploiting the situation on both ends. And it's just unfortunate that that's and that's elderly abuse. And it is. it's, just, it's just unfortunate. It truly is. It truly is. So it's good to have um, people like you that are advocates for you know people uh elderly who are dealing with financial abuse right um and you know financial hardships you know because they go into ruins and they go homeless and they go without because pe they're they're people that they're so close with mm -hmm. are doing these things to them so as a community as you know as far as us um do you do you guys that you're not for profit or how does it work where people can reach out and do something to help you know prevent financial exploitation well most people know when it comes to dhr they are more concerned about children and the elderly the middle age group some of those people can make decisions for themselves. They just don't make the correct decision. But they will immediately tackle senior citizens and children. Well, and neighbors have reported that they felt as though that patient or that neighbor was not being treated fairly. Uh, they only see people the first of the month at the house. You know, uh, that's you know when they get their their funding. Um, they don't see people, you know, it looks like, you know, she looks a little shabby. She's out here walking and she looks a little lost. Well, you're a reporting agent when you witness something of this nature. You don't, you're not really accusing anybody. You just want someone to come by and check on that person. So that's what you have to do. And we've had patients where their families will just try to hold on to them until the first of the year. I mean, the first of the month, I'm sorry, the first of the month, uh, because they know if they get that check the first of the month, they don't have to send it back. But that patient is suffering um, through the whole thing. But you can't make any decisions at that point in time. You can't call in and um, request an ethical meeting of the minds with um, the family and everything. And everything but you, but you can't. can't change change the yeah you're just yeah. giving them their options yeah um we have no. go, ahead. Mm -hmm. go ahead i apologize no go ahead no you're fine we had one um one guy and the doctor was 
okay, Carolyn, um, have you started a conversation with the family? That means, have you started talking about withdrawing care? And I was like, no, you know, I wait on the big guns to come in here and do that. You. And so, you know, we would always tease each other. And he was like, well, we're going to have that conversation. I said, he said, you'll be a part of it. I said, absolutely. You know, I don't mind being a part of it. That way I can follow up with what you say. Well, the young lady came in, uh, chest up, shoulders squared, uh, like she was. And she, we introduced ourselves, told her who we were. The doctor introduced himself. He introduced me. And so she said, I want everything done for my dad. I want everything done. And so he was like, well, hmm. you know, he's not doing well. And plus, he, he, he was um, a quad. He was a quadriplegic. And he said, you know, he was positive for cocaine. She stepped back. Boy, those shoulders went down. Tears start flowing. Cocaine. Oh, give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, how you going to get cocaine the, and you a quadriplegic? The, not the Coca-Cola, <laughs> child. <laughs> yes, it was. And so I had, not, I had not had an opportunity to read that chart. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and so I, I gave I gave him the side eye. Hey, you didn't you didn't came at this chick and you didn't got me over my head. I, and so when she came out, we gave her her time to spend with her dad and get her thoughts together. She came out, she was crying, and she said, well, I guess we'll just put him on comfort care, but I don't know nothing about no cocaine. And I was like, mm -hmm. somebody yeah. know. Somebody Look, I know. I know somebody <laughs> who know, but I'm going to tell you what she said, okay? She said, crack is whack. And she said... It's not right, but it's okay. Come on, Whitney. Come on, Whitney. Y'all know I had to do it now. Y'all know. <laughs> I could not let that slide, y'all. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. Friday night, you and your boys went out to eat. But you came home around three, yes you did. If six of y'all went out, uh, then four of you were really cheap, yeah. Cause only two of you had dinner, I found your credit card receipt. It's not right.
Right now, you set yourself up for that one, Carolyn. <laughs> girl, you said something about that Coca-Cola, honey, girl. I I couldn't let that one go. I couldn't let it slide, child. I said, now, you know, you mentioned that. I got to tell you, crack is whack. You know it. But, I mean, these are stories, these are stories you can't make up. <laughs> you can't make them up and, and you know people don't believe me my dad used to love for me to come when I came home um, and he stood up he let me get my shower then he straightened up and he pulled the chair close to him tell me what happened today and I would start laughing but I didn't realize how therapeutic it was for me to talk about my day and how much his sense, his sense of curiosity, and he's a people person. So, and he loves the different personalities of people. He loved hearing it, but I didn't realize it was more therapeutic for me uh, than it was for him. Now, he, uh, he some sometimes he'd be like, "Oh, come on, tell me, no, okay, oh, did didn't have." I said, "Oh no, I can't make this stuff up. I cannot make this stuff up." And um, but he enjoyed hearing my stories, and I enjoyed telling them to him. It got to be and a nightly that, ritual. Is that how you 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 compiled your your book of short stories that you're coming out with now? Well, my book of short stories is um, it's really not about now nursing. the name of the book. The name of the book. Um, it's not I'm about playing with that. It's just like different things that you want to talk about or may have experienced. Mm -hmm or may have saw or witnessed and you thought yeah. like hey that, that would go good in the book even if it's something just you saw on tv or something that expired it's inspired you that you witnessed other people go through like what was your process in starting this new book that you're about to unveil um which are that's with your gentry series am i correct no, I know it's going to be totally different. My character has a whole new name. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> but you didn't put Gentry to bed, did you? I don't know if she's gone to bed or not. Um, okay. You know, I think it's so much life left in her. Uh, she has really given me great pleasure. So um, my short stories are so varied. It goes from um, personal testimonies, you know, um, me having talked with God and um, or me listening to him um, to uh, some fictional things that people have gone through um, uh, left. Um, this one relationship was going sour and this young lady just left. <laughs> she left without a trace. You know, she started a life somewhere else. Um, uh, conversation with my brother. So it's just different things um, that have come to mind. Um, I like fiction. Honestly, I do. Uh, real life is great. Um, one I started out with is regrets. Um, who wouldn't want to right a wrong that they did? You know, people will say, oh, I don't regret anything that happened in my life. You know, uh, it is what made me. Well, that's true. But you, you still don't have a regret about it. If you could right a wrong, would you? Would you take the opportunity to do so? Yeah. So, and and I I think me personally, I think everyone would if they had that opportunity to do that. Um, some mistakes you didn't see coming, so mm -hmm. I can understand that 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 truly is who made you. But there are some mistakes that you may have played a part in, and if you could change that and right or wrong. I think everyone would do that. Yeah. I, um, I, I just think you would. I'm totally 100% in, in um, agreement with, you know, if you knew the problem and mm -hmm. you were able to fix the problem, you yeah. definitely would want to know, right? Of course. Because who wouldn't want to yeah. know, right? Who wouldn't want to know? Who wouldn't want to know? And who wouldn't want another opportunity to try to get it right? Amen. And with that being said, we want to know, Joe, don't we? <laughs>
never understood what you were worth mm, no. And he never took the time to make it work He's a more loving no. Baby, I'm the kind of man who shows concern Yes, I do
I've been watching you, you've been watching me groove with you. 
Ooh, come on, Ronald. He knew what to do. <laughs> timeless, timeless, timeless. Okay, so I had to play two songs. I had to wait on you to come back. Uh, but okay, so we're gonna we're gonna jump back into the questions now. So, in your experience, um, as a let it go coach, because you know we we call you the let it go coach now, honey. Um, what are some common obstacles that women face when it comes to embracing their authentic selves? And how are you, what are you doing? I'm sorry, what are you doing now to help them overcome these challenges? Is there anything that you're working on now to help, you know, empower women? And if so, what is it? Well, <clears throat> I'm an adjunct clinical instructor, so I have also been a lecturer. So I have been an instructor off and on for about 20 years. And I just love to see people grow. In uh, the majority of people, you know, in my classes are going to be female because nursing is a predominantly female profession. We still have men coming along. And, um, but I like to see them grow. Um, I have worked with underserved young ladies and um, really encourage them. If you want to break the cycle, you can. You get this degree, you'll be able to do that. That will be a step up for you to be able to do that. And some of them do really, really well. Now, some people struggle. That's just life. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't complete the course and, um, you know, just try to encourage them if they want some extra help, they know they can call on me. They absolutely know they can call on me because I don't, you know, um, if you need some help, let me know. And I guess they were trying me to see if I really meant that. And they called on me a couple of times and I did some, the little sidebar because they don't want their friends to know that they're asking for help. And um, I, I will do all I can do. If it takes a little bit of tutoring on the side, if it takes going over a procedure a little bit more on the side, you will get that from me. And you will get it without any, um, you know, no condemnation. You know, no condemnation. You know, I won't be condescending. I will encourage you. Uh, even some new, when the new nurses come around, if I am available, if I'm there, um, I tell them, hey, I introduce myself. I say, if you ever have any questions and I'm here, I'm here to help. Just ask me. The, uh, the worst question is the one she that is does not get asked. So you no. need to ask. And I don't mind. And a couple of them have taken me up on that. And I'm glad to be a resource. Uh, for them, honestly, it's not that I know it all, but the little bit I know, I don't mind sharing. Right now, anxiety, anxiety and stress management are crucial, you know, for overall mental health. So, how can um, your books or the projects that you have coming up um, be utilized as a tool to alleviate anxiety and stress? and stress and do you have any specific recommendations for songs genres uh any books that are particularly effective in in this regard 
Well, my best thing to tell everyone, and I've told them this over the years, sometimes you need to just walk. And one of my um one of my podcasts is about um come walk with me. And I'm just walking through my neighborhood, uh, talking at the end of some songs and saying, you know, just giving them tips. Walking is a good stress buster. It does not have to be something expensive that you do. Um, and just walk. Just walk for about 15, 20 minutes. You know, 30, you definitely want to give it 30 minutes. Make sure you have on a good pair of walking shoes. Take them water with you, you know, and walk somewhere when you feel like you're going to be safe. And, you know, um, make sure you, you know, you, you um, have your phone with you or whatever. I usually walk my neighborhood and I still take um, my little golf club because I don't like pets. You know, I'm, I don't like other people's pets. OK, because you don't know how they, they always tell you, oh, he don't bite. Well, I see his teeth. Keep him with you. OK, just, just keep him with you. Know, keep him away from you. <laughs> I mean, people tell you that, then you end up on a dog bite. I don't, I don't, you don't need yeah. to go through that. Yeah. You know, but that walking is a good stress buster. Exercise is a good stress buster. I know everyone cannot exercise, and, and you need to exercise properly because you don't want to injure yourself from a um, workout injury or something of that nature. So um, it, it, it can be affordable. The cheapest thing you can do is to walk. And when you are having a stressful day, you need to walk away from it for a minute. Um, and everybody can't walk away like I can walk away, but you can come off the floor, off the unit, out of the office, and just kind of walk around the parking lot for a minute. You can do that. Yeah. And it'll give you a whole new lease on life, you know, in about 15, 15 minutes. Because a lot of times you're... When you want to vent to someone, uh, if you try to call them, those people are not available. And it's not purposeful. It's just timing. You know, yeah, it's, it's just it's timing. Right. Everybody mm -hmm. has life going on. But if Absolutely. we can do just one thing, if it, ain't, if it ain't walking, we could just step, right? Sure. Oh, you better step. Because I love, I yep, love well, the line dance. Well, we don't step. <laughs> Where we gonna step? I know you know where I'm going with it. So come on with it now. Step in the name of love. Come on, love. Take me to the chocolate factory and step on in the name of love. Come on, I knew you. I knew because look, you got it. Come on, you know where you at? Shot town, baby. Yes, come. Girl.
in other words, forevermore, I'll be here. Cause my whole life's been full of joy ever since you came here. Girl, my whole world goes around because you.
Thank you. Now you know I was coming for you, William. <laughs> Carolyn, you know I was coming for you with that one now. Where you at, Carolyn? You can't even get the mic off fast enough. Look. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah, that's right. You can't, you can't do that. So everybody else imitate. Everybody else imitate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, girl. You gotta get let me get back to my question. I said no, you try to throw me out my question, but like, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. I'm not gonna do it, Gentry, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> Women often juggle multiple roles and responsibilities, such as myself, yourself, everybody's self, right? Which can lead to a burnout. And that's just not just women. I, I want to be clear about this because it's not just about women. People, people <laughs> juggle multiple roles depending on your characteristics and your personality, right? You, you, you know, what you say, heavy is the head that what a crown. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, which can lead to a burnout. So, how can someone find a balance between their personal and professional lives? And what role can reading or music, because you are both a best selling author as well as a DJ right here on AMP, she has her own stage, her own show entitled Gentry's Journey. Um, and she's, you know, in the healthcare professional field. Um, what can those three things do to help them relax and recharge? Well, the it, music is therapeutic. You know, it, it puts you in various emotional states. Whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're crying, whether you feel like dancing, you know, it reminds you of good times, bad times, the past, whatever. Um, what we need to do sometimes when we're feeling ourselves overwhelmed is to step back and determine what is the priority. Sometimes you just need to walk away from it altogether and come back and see just what is the priority, what really needs to get the, uh, well, you know, which one is more time sensitive than, than the other. Because we can, you've been around that person as always, oh, 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 and you'd be like, oh, you need to slow it down. You know, uh, you, you, you just need to bring it down a notch. And people, everything is a priority. When it's really not, and you need to define or distinguish which one is truly the part, which one is more time sensitive. Some things may be due at the end of the day. Some things may be due at the end of tomorrow. Uh, then you get an email, can you send me this now? Well, that still bumps everything because they mean they want that now. So you have to send that now. But once you prioritize and what, what 
what's the phrase? When you try to make a plan, God starts laughing. Uh, because, yeah, you can have everything planned out for your day. But you don't see what the next hour or the next few hours is going to bring. You know, so we have to keep our focus on God. And, you know, that's, I start my morning out with my inspiration, you know, with, with my prayer. With, um, I end it with my praise music. I read my scripture. Um, I send um, some scripture to my kids. So everybody gets a text uh, from yes. that. Um, and I ended with my praise music. Then I get out of bed and start my day. Um, it has been so hot here. I haven't been able to walk as effectively as I, I would like to. Um, but and it's okay to, even if you do steps yeah, around. Yeah, it's still okay. Yeah, I have because <laughs> I go down in the garage and I will dance or I will exercise down there. I won't do it. If I go to the gym, now, I'm going to be in the gym 45 minutes to an hour. In the gym, talking about you about the line dance and step in the name of love now. <laughs> I know you ain't over there doing the Casper slide in the garage. I would oh, yes, love. I will. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, yes, I will. That one. Oh, yes, I will. It's oh, a God. new dance out so now. Nice. You know we gotta we gotta go live together, and 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 I got to teach you a thing or two. But before <laughs> there's a new one out that I'm I'm teaching myself. I'm learning how this guy is doing it on TikTok. I know you're talking about that. I know tonight. We get it. I I been tried, and it ain't working over here. It ain't working over here. I've been for years. Jackie, we've been doing it for years. I'm trying to figure out when um my daughter told me, oh, I'm trying to learn the Tamiya dance. I'm thinking she's talking about something else. And I said, what do you mean, Tamiya? She, and she started doing it. I said, girl, we've been doing that for years. Where have you people been? And everywhere I go, everybody, I'm trying to learn the Tamiya dance. I said, look, if I can learn it and your my best friend can learn it, you guys can learn it. We've been doing it. We were doing it pre-COVID. Uh-huh. That's just how long that dance has been around. So it's really it's an eight count. You know, you do the little temptation walk, that 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 that, and then you walk. Well, you know, Michelle, you'd be like, you know how the temptation do that little the temptation step, and that's what we call the temptation walk. And then you do you start your eight count crossover, and see what I did to learn that dance. I didn't do the crossing. I just stepped. I just stepped uh-huh. eight times. And then at uh, that eighth step, then you start back over with your four. And then on that count four, you turn around, finish off your four, and then you start back to doing your temptation walk and start to slide all over. Okay. Well, I'm finna try it right now. And I'm gonna see if it worked out for me. And you try it over there and you see if it worked out for you. But I ain't going to record, man, because I, I I done got enough of y'all laughing at me while I'm dancing all at the stores and stuff. I done, well, I done I'm gonna learned my to I'm going to have to get my son to hold the camera while I try it. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you you won't be able to see it. Maybe I can. Maybe I can. Well, I don't have to put it in the garage. Nah, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to download TikTok. I mean, I have TikTok. But I don't know. I've never recorded it on TikTok. But um, this guy, um, I just um, shared his 
to my email so I could learn how to do it. And I was like, I'm just about got this. And I don't know, it's, it's uh, the song is old, I forget. Choosing, uh, anyway, it's really, really cute. I really like it. And so I just about got it down. So yeah, well, I'll be in the garage. We gonna practice yeah. it right now. Let's get let's get this to me a dance, y'all. I know you usually don't hear me talk like this, but I got a little game that I wanna play. Are you ready? When I think about you, I think about giving myself to you, cause you know I want you, baby. And I would do anything And I know you're thinking the same thing, babe So come and get it Come and get it, babe I'm so excited I can't hide my feelings, get it I won't stop until we start over and finish Tonight it's all about my baby I'm meaning for you, get me high I can't stop, you feel me right Who's the door that all for? I just want more I can't get enough of you What I got in store It's all of yours About the way that we make love The way that you make me sweat Make me want a cigarette And I ain't no smoking chick But you got me wanting it So don't stop yeah. You make it Right. Stomach muscles getting tight Skin so wet my fingers slide I'm gonna take you to a place You ain't never been I'm about to handle my business things Make sure you handle me too
Yes. What do you, what did, did, did you get it? Cause I still couldn't get it. Gentry. I still couldn't get it. I gave up after the second count. I said, you know what? Forget this thing. I don't lay back in the bed, child. Did you get it? Yeah, <laughs> 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 It's an eight count. You count the eight swinging around before uh, it's an eight count. It's easier than you think. If I was leaving that line dance and I heard that music playing, I'd run back into the line dance room. Y'all know this is my favorite song. Y'all must have waiting on me to leave. But in (laughs) 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 But yeah, we were doing this pre-COVID. Oh yeah, I I would put all my stuff down. I'm, no, y'all know I'm gonna do this. So come on, yeah, but it, it it's a fun dance. It really is. Okay, so um, now you mentioned your passion for community service and empowering others. Now, are there any upcoming initiatives or collaborations with organizations or uh any other projects that you're excited you're you're excited about and how? Can people get involved or support these projects that you have coming? Well, um, like I said, I'm a board member of MediHealth. It's Charms MediHealth uh, Foundation, and they serve to advocate for patients, uh, engage, educate patients um, who are marginalized. Okay, the black and brown community. You can always go on the website and make a donation if you are a speaker of sorts uh, or you have a topic that you can speak on, a disease process that you can speak on. We'd be glad to have you because um, Wednesdays, we have educational Wednesdays. And um, it is really good information that's out there. It is um, on a patient level where you can truly understand it because some of these are personal testimonies that are coming and some are from physicians. Um, they have spoke on so many various topics. Um, I myself have spoken on a couple. Um, like I said, we have physicians that speak on childhood sepsis. Um, just so many. Lymphedema. um respiratory issues one of them i'm also a member of the birmingham black nurses association and so one of the members has spoken a couple of times on uh social determinants of health when it comes to respiratory issues and she has spoken on pulmonary issues as well and hers basically focuses on kids because um she just recently retired from children's hospital so you know her background is children but um, we have had patients to come on and speak on their disease processes. And it is really, really informative. Um, so if you get an opportunity on Wednesdays on the Charms Health and that's C-H-L-M-S, and it's a period be- between each word, but MediHealth, H- uh, M-E-D-H-E-L-P-Z um, dot org. Um, on Wednesdays, and Sandra Washington usually hosts that because she is the CEO and founder of it. So uh, if you feel inclined, you know, make a donation. They're going to have um, a conference in October, 
and it's going to be, I think, in Chicago. Shout out. Uh, so <laughs> it's going to be there. You better uh, tell them. You better tell them. She's going to be in Chi-Town. And uh, I met Sandra. We were authors in the Metaverse, the Sofa Chicago Book Fair, virtual book fair, um, Metaverse. And um, that was an experience in and of itself. It was a great experience. If I had not met, if I had not been a part of that, I would not have met um Asada Kirkland. She she's she loves Chicago as much as you do, Jackie. She she is a Chicagoan and uh she loves books, she loves reading, she loves educating people on any level. And she pushed us to the next with uh a book fair. So she is um dynamic. We met a lot of different authors uh there and we are still in communication to this day um when i visited chicago a couple of years ago i met with some of the authors and we had a, a great time um i am of course it's, yeah, always you know, a vibe. Vibe. it's always a vibe <laughs> in chicago honey it's always, it's it's a vibe, okay yeah yeah it is it is now what what we getting ready to hear now? <laughs> oh no, look, look. I well, I could play some. I could play some. Then we'll come back because I got a couple more questions to ask you. That's going to gear you toward the rest of your upcoming projects. Uh, but right now, you know, we're going to hear from a shy town artist, and this this is just going to kind of like relax the mood, right? Because okay. you know, you we were speaking earlier about you know mental health and how you you, you listen to your um their inspirational music right and things that take you into that place right and i think Absolutely. you know like, what place do it take you to your psalms 91 place and what place is that oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, does. <laughs> it, does. It, it takes it it takes you to um the scripture and you know your um your mother-in-law your mother's mom you know she 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 sings that so well you know it truly touches you so uh if you are inclined to play that i am truly inclined to listen okay i know you like that song that's why i, I, love, it. I love it i love it i love it it's called the secret place the secret place the secret place by miss mm -hmm. patricia cox you guys go ahead just listen my mother-in-law her debut album the secret place and it's on her own record label psalms 91 records Oh. Uh -huh. 
Yes, because we're going to dwell over here in the secret place. And while we dwelling in the secret place, we're going to fly above, honey. about who I am. 
down so you can go ahead and talk all you wanna. I built up a shell and it's hard as armor. It seems like every step I take up, drama comes along with the bread I cake up. But you ain't doing nothing if you don't have haters. So I welcome you to do it in your nature. I'm like a jet airplane, way too high to hear you throwing salt on my name. I know I'm not the only one. Yes, what you think about that song, Miss Carolyn? Well, you have to have a lot of the drama. You just really. Well, you just have to. You know, people. It's called Let It Go. Let It Go. They can't be petty. And if you're trying to reach a certain goal, you and you're gonna have to let some people go, and it it's disappointing on some levels. Um, you know, you question yourself, you question them, you question your motives, but you know, I thought, why we just gotta let it go? 
you know, just just let it go. You know, because you have somewhere to go. You know, you have something to do. You 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 know, I'm like, mm, no, you can't stop me. You can't stop my flow. You can't stop my flow. Well, what Thanks. you doing now? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Everything. Everything. Nothing. You know, and I know that's aggravating them, but you know, um, once you've just done taken too many swipes, what I call draw blood. When once you've drawn blood, uh, I let you draw first blood, second, third, fourth, fifth, fifth. You know, but after a while, I'm like, I got to let you go. You know, you're not good for me. You're not good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but so you have to, as Candace said, you got to fly, boy. You got to fly, honey. You got to fly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was going to say, in addition to your work as a motivational speaker, um, can you give us a glimpse into any other exciting projects or ventures that you have planned for the future? Any hints or teases from any books that you can share with us tonight? Well, um, there, there's a uh, project that I'm very, very excited about, and it's the She Said Yes to Herself Unapologetically um, Empowerment Guide. And uh, it's just some phenomenal women um, that's on that project. Um, our visionary is Shania Wesley Coleman, and um, she is really putting a lot of work. I have been a part, I cannot not mention Dr. Uh, Paula Harper. She was the first um, visionary on the first anthology I was a part of. Now, she had done several before then, but she just put me at ease uh, about the project, and uh, so I have to just take my hat off to Dr. P. Everything she said that was going to happen, happened, and um, so um, she did intermittent coaching sessions with us as a group you know it was via zoom and everything but it worked and i was just so surprised that it worked and it came together the way that she said um and um i don't compare people because we all have different personalities and things of that nature um but um but chanel is truly a move and a grouper as well. She, I mean, she is moving. It's like she's always thinking. And, and you have to, you know, when you want something to come off correctly and you have attached your name to it, you should want that quality product. You should definitely mm -hmm. want that quality product. But one thing about an anthology, it has you to kind of, you know, fiction is fiction. I mean, it, it, it's something to play with. It's something to, you can manipulate it the way you want it to manipulate. But when you're talking nonfiction and you're speaking about yourself, you kind of have to uh, undress. You kind of have to bear your soul and you have to be very, very vulnerable to put yourself out there. And um, there was some really powerful stories in that anthology. And that was called The Breaking Point. Now, it's been a little over a year since that one was released. Um, the Breaking Point, when life requires a shift. And um, you have to, and that's really what it is. What was, and some people would say, well, I didn't break, but I sure had to do a lot of bending, you know, but you still had to shift. You had to shift from, that trauma or that life situation that came up unexpectedly that you had to move forward. You still had to make that shift. So the stories were very, very great and very, very powerful. And um, 
I look for some powerful stories to come out of the she said yes unapologetically. Um, empowerment guide as well. Um, I have started the, the, the podcast on AMP. I have put another one on hold. Well, it's been on hold for about six months to a year. And um, I did not, just did not have the time to put into it. And because someone asked me, well, I see you hadn't gotten it started yet. And I'm like, yeah, no, I hadn't. You know, I mean, if it's not in me to do something, I mean, I started, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, rush to it. Up. I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I have to feel comfortable in it. And with the AMP podcast, it, you know, for lack of a better term, it seems like more relaxed, a little bit more versatility um, that can be more diverse. But the original show, which is still going to be, um, it, you know, it was going to be a variety of things and a variety of topics as well, not just um, from a reader standpoint or anything reading related. And you can still have the, I can still have the same thing on AMP and I've started lining up people to come, but I'm just um, taking people on my walking journey, my line dance journey. I did a backyard party on Sunday for Labor Day because I was over to a friend's house and I, um, I did that as well. So it's, it's just um, a work in progress. And my book of short stories is probably going to turn into two book of short stories. Um, but um, I found I find them as you start writing, you always put a t always put a twist here, twist there, you know, retweak this, retweak that, and uh, it seems to be coming together pretty good. Um, one of the titles is churchy. Uh, you know, I told you one of the titles is left, um, but and churchy is about church church folks. And because I grew up in the church, you know, so, yeah, you know, and, and not bashing anybody. It's just the kid's perspective. It's your perspective on what went down. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and from a child, you know, starting from a child's perspective and how I grew in the church. And um, um, it's so it's 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 comical and shake your head at the same time. If yeah, that because makes people get People get a misconstrued when when we speak on experiences inside the church, right? Because especially religious people, um, they they take it as we're bashing the church. No, we're not bashing. That's not it. That's we're not, not it. bashing the place mm -hmm. of worship. We're bashing mm -hmm. not at all. And I call them the patients because you coming in to get a healing from Christ. You're coming Absolutely. in as a sinner. So we're not bashing or making a mockery or speaking bad upon the church. No, that's like talking bad about a hospital. They got all the tools there. No, that's not what's happening. What we're seeing is we're giving our perspective and our experiences as children of Christ mm -hmm. inside of the church and what we're experiencing from other patients that are in there mm -hmm. to get healing as well, we experience trauma in the church. We experience hurt in the church the same way we would experience if we go to the hospital and we sitting in the waiting room full of 
patients who are in dire need of services. You're going to hear a hollering, screaming. You're going to see some fighting, different patients. Oh, you jumped in front of me. It's my turn. You called this person before you called me. How you going to take their testimony over mine? I want to sing a song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me when yeah. I'm lying. Stop me when no, I'm lying. For real, though. For real, though. I mean, that has happened. I hope that's not my son in my car. Um, because sometimes my um, iPhone jumps to my car. Are you still there, Jackie? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm okay. trying to okay. use it from, um, and you know, I'm can trying I, to. Can I read a little bit of Churchy? Can I read a little yeah. bit of Churchy? Yes, yes, okay. you can. Okay. And wh mm. while she's doing that, I will say that I will not take any form of disrespect or disregard to me, my family, or anybody else, okay? I am fully dressed in my profile picture. Uh, this is not one of those um, things where you can get on here and disrespect me, my marriage, anybody that's here. I do not play those games, and you will not only be reported, you will be removed from my room and blocked, okay? So only morale. Um, yes, my husband know about my profile picture, and you ain't got to tell him nothing because he already know his wife and he know what he got. So I don't need you and your compliment. You could take it and move it to a single woman. Thank you, and you have a blessed night and no longer enter the Liz and Linda room, okay? Thank you and have a blessed day. Okay, let it go, baby. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Okay. You ready for me? Um, yes, you ready for me? Listen, number. No, look, don't don't get it misconstrued. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. When I was about five or six years old, naturally I had to sit next to my mom in church. This lady sat beside me and she had this thing around her shoulders. It looked like two squirrels or foxes and they were held together as though they had bit each other. I envisioned them waking up and chasing each other around in a circle around her neck. I was terrified. I could not breathe. Normally, my breath was tight. I did not want them to wake up and start chasing me. What was the purpose of her wearing that thing? I just couldn't understand it. Why does the musician walk from the back of the church as opposed to coming out the choir room with the choir? Because he has on a new suit. Oh, he looks good in it. That is not the problem. He has to be seen. He is a great musician. He can sing as well as play. Lord, he can make that organ stand up. He reminds me of a cross between Fred Hammonds and James Cleveland. I love to hear him sing. And when he does a musical solo, I imagine the Lord just loving the praise. I can imagine him and some of our lead singers being celebrities. They were so talented. They have blessed us so many occasions in song. 
and they have never disappointed us. Okay, that came from Churchy. Mm, mm, mm. And where can uh, and when is this one coming out? And where can they? I'm hoping by the end of the year, and uh, it will be published by Paper V Publishing. That's my um, girl, Laquita Park. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be published by her. And I'm hoping it'll be ready by the end of the year. I I, I know I'm going to hold up on some of this, but um, as I think about something, then I make a title and I start all, you know, I start on it again. Um, I have this little favorite saying, ain't nobody's studying you you know ain't nobody studying you you know you better do what you have to do because ain't nobody studying you you know um those are for the people pleasers those are for the people pleasers but you can't always please people you just can't so um and uh, my best friend will always say what's your word ain't nobody studying you <laughs> so, and so she's you need to write a chapter on Ain't nobody studying you. And I'm like, you are funny. But guess what? I did. Um, <laughs> I did. I'm trying to find it now. But um, it, it um, you know, it's a little humor, just like Churchy and the little girl afraid because that woman comes in with this fake fur around her neck or shoulders. And she thinks those animals are going to wake up and start chasing her because she doesn't know what they are. Um, so I guess it's a decorative piece that they used to wear back in the day. I don't know. Um, I'm just glad my mom didn't have one of those things. I, I just don't know how I would have acted in that. Um, so, um, I don't know why ain't nobody studying it is because I'm trying to pull it up now. Um, and while you pulling it up, I want to go ahead because I want to play one more. Um, so okay. while she's pulling up, ain't nobody studying you. We going to say, <laughs> hate on me, hater, because ain't nobody studying you. Hate on me, hater. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good one.
Hey, hate on me, hater. And and take whoever sent the, the devil on, the, take them on with you, hater. Did you find a Carolyn Coleman? Gentry, did you find did you find a chapter? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I did find it. I did find it. Okay. Dad got out of bed. All he did was come in, pull out a chair, and sit down. He was protecting me. They tried to gang up on me. And I told them, I don't need any help. I will take the two of you on. My dad had to come and referee. I felt horrible. He was supposed to be resting, not dealing with our foolishness. Well, they were not studying me nor him that day. That was more than obvious. His well-being was not at their top priority. Ruby called back a few days wanting to chat. I had some chains. Dad had to come and referee. I felt horrible. He was supposed to. Resting, not dealing with our foolishness. Well, they were not studying me nor him that day. That was more than obvious. His well-being was not at their top priority. Ruby called back a few days wanting to check. I had some chains and started jiggling them near the phone and played my pre-recorded message saying, Ruby, Ruby, I'm coming for you. I will spit in your face. Ruby wanted to know, what, what's going on? What do you mean, Ruby? What's that noise? What noise? It's just me and you. What's going on? I was in a struggle not to laugh. Ruby's voice started trembling. I, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. Okay. I hang up. Her heart is not clean. A hit dog will bark. How did that bleach get in my dress? That was really pretty dress. Casual enough to run errands and dressy enough for the office. I received plenty of compliments regarding that dress. I had the perfect pair of shoes and necklace for it. I told the guy I was dating about the bleach dress. He suggested, well, maybe you did it by accident. No, I did not. I used very little bleach and I keep bleach away and it's always under the sink. Nowhere near my clothes. It was no accident. It was intentionally done. I said to myself, Ruby did it. Ruby did it. So I'm going to stop it right there. That's one, um, a portion of Ain't Nobody Judging. And these are all from your compiled uh, uh, list of short stories that's coming up in your next project, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And can you tell people where they can find you and where they can locate? Uh, do, do you have this available for pre-order? Not yet. We're still fine-tuning it. We're still fine-tuning it. 
so I don't have it available for pre-order. But um, I will let you know. Um, so you can find my on my website. You can find um, basically anything I'm doing on cpwbookshelf.com. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook under Carolyn Coleman. And, and on your, Instagram. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and your AMP um, name. And your journey. Gentry's journey. Amp, mm -hmm, Gentry's journey. And on Instagram, I'm Carolyn underscore author. Okay. And um, is there anything else you would like to address the the audience with before we uh, end in prayer. I have really appreciated the interview. Thank you, Jackie, so much for having me. Uh, thank you for the audience for um, participating and listening. I do appreciate it. I don't count it lightly when people give me their time. Honestly, I don't because you could be doing so many other things out there. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And we thank you so much uh, for joining and sharing, you know, your insights with us as well, Gentry. Well, look, I call her Gentry, I'll be Carolyn. For all your continued support, and we look forward to having you join us um, in the near future. Until then, keep y'all ears ready and y'all dancing shoes on standby, okay? Yes. <laughs> so it's time you know for our ending prayer gracious god oh heavenly father as we conclude this episode of listen linda show we carry carolyn coleman the let it go coach we offer our heartfelt thanks to the profound wisdom and guidance that she has shared with us today we are grateful for the lessons learned the insp inspiration received and the transformation power of letting go. May the seeds of change planted in our hearts today continue to grow and blossom, Lord Father, allowing us to release what no longer serves us and embrace a life of freedom, happiness, and fulfillment.